Well, there's two titles of the message I've been struggling with. Uh, One title is The Biggest Lie Since Evolution. That's choice one, The Biggest Lie Since Evolution. Or the second title I've been wrestling with is Outlaw Your Beer, Not My Beef. Outlaw Your Beer, Not My Beef. So you can choose whichever title you want tonight. And Brother Jared, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. This is something that we can gather here. And I just pray to give the pastor the words to speak. And this blessed message from you. And I just pray to lift our hearts up and encourage us tonight. And for those who couldn't make it, I just pray to comfort them. And just pray to bless the rest of the speak. And in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Genesis 8:22 While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall what not cease You know sometimes as Christians we're not quite as quick as we should be to refute error and I speak for myself I just I'm not near quick enough in my thinking I need the Lord's help so much uh, but some, sometimes things that the world puts across as science are not science at all. Um, notice in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20. 1 Timothy 6.20. The Bible says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of what? Science, falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. So it tells us there that there are oppositions of science, falsely so called. So, in other words, there are things that are called science that are not really science. Science, the definition of science is knowledge. From Merriam-Webster's 11th Collegiate Dictionary, it defines science as the state of knowing. Knowledge as distinguished from ignorance or misunderstanding. Knowledge or a system of knowledge covering general truths or the operation of general laws, especially as obtained and tested through scientific Method. That's from Merriam-Webster's 11th Collegiate Dictionary. So when studying true science, so God has to be the foundation of it, or we're not going to come to the correct conclusion in the end. Um, notice Proverbs 1, Proverbs chapter 1. Unless God is the foundation of our scientific studies, we're not going to come to the right conclusion. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of what? Knowledge. And how is science defined as what? Knowledge. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if if we're going to come to the correct conclusions in science, we must have God as our foundation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. I think that Christians greatly underestimated 
the importance of the Scopes Monkey Trial. Have you ever read about that? The Scopes Monkey Trial. It took place in Tennessee in the year 1925. And the legislature in Tennessee had outlawed the teaching of evolution in public schools. And so that law was challenged by a public school teacher named John T. Scopes. He taught evolution in the class just for the purpose of bringing it to court and hoping they could overturn the law. But he was unable to. It went to trial and a great publicity around the trial, but he lost. And in court, he appealed to the Tennessee State Supreme Court, and uh, they upheld the law. And so it was not until 1967 that Tennessee um, allowed evolution, Darwin's evolution, to be taught in their public schools. So it's no wonder that, that Tennessee area and kind of in the south is often or was often referred to as the Bible Belt. Um, so until, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Until 1967, they were not allowed to teach that evolution. But people mocked it. Uh, and they called it the Scopes Monkey Trial. I think a lot of people really didn't take it serious. And, and of course, the law was upheld and they were not allowed to teach evolution. But I, I think in a lot of people's minds, after listening to the world debate this, um, I think they, they accepted something called science, but it was falsely so-called, 1 Timothy 6.20. But looking ahead of that, you see, there's so much in our lives that lays the foundation for something else that we don't even realize many times. And so if we veer off from the truth, that is laying the foundation for the next generation to more easily go away from the truth. And as I was studying this, I found, and I just came to my mind, when I was ordained, I was given uh, a Schofield Study Bible. The Schofield Study Bible was made, uh, written, the study notes, by C.I. Schofield. He was a lawyer, but he was actually born in Michigan. C.I. Schofield was born in Clinton Township, Leonaw County, Michigan, the seventh and last child of his parents. By 1861, Schofield was living with relatives in Lebanon, Tennessee. At the beginning of the American Civil War, the 17-year-old Schofield enlisted as a private. Later, he would apprentice in the law office of his brother-in-law, and he would become a lawyer. Um, according to Schofield, he was converted through the testimony of a lawyer acquaintance who knew Christ. Uh, but by the late fall of 1879, Schofield was assisting in the St. Louis evangelistic campaign conducted by Dwight L. Moody in 1988 or 1888. Schofield attended the Niagara Bible Conference, where he met pioneer missionary to China. Hudson Taylor. His uh, Schofield's correspondence Bible study course, and he went on to get more into missions and, and Bible study courses. And, um, and then he wrote uh, the, 
the work he was the most well-known for was his study Bible, the Schofield Study Bible. It was first published in 1909 by the Oxford University Press. So you see the groundwork here. The, the, the Scopes trial came along in 1925. But Schofield preceded all that, and in 1909, uh, his study Bible, uh, 1909, his study Bible is produced. 1925, this, this law is made in Tennessee, you cannot teach Darwin evolution. But Schofield himself, sadly, actually laid the foundation for Christians to accept a version of evolution. Maybe you've heard of theistic evolution. Well, that's the idea that God created matter, but then allowed evolution to form everything. Well, if that was true, uh, Genesis chapters 1 and 2 would be absolutely meaningless. More, worse than that, they'd be a lie, wouldn't they? Because God formed man. God created the animals. He did not use evolution. But in the Schofield Study Bible, between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2, he has a note in there, allowing for the great expanse of the time of evolution because he said there was a cataclysmic judgment upon earth between Genesis 1.1 and 1.2, where it says the earth was without form and void. He's taking that there was a judgment. Well, how did sin enter the world? Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. So he's, he's off doctrinally there by saying, well, Sin came into the world, God judged it, and then he started over again. And that false foundation was what led professing Christians to accept a form of evolution. If you could go back to 1 Timothy 6, you can see the danger of thinking that we have to somehow find a spot in the Bible that uh, will match what man says. In 1 Timothy 6.20, once again, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some, what? Professing. professing. That is, some professing Christians have erred concerning the faith. It's a great error concerning the faith to say, oh, well, as sin didn't enter the world through Adam. It was through some other pre-Adamic race that fell first. Well, then the Bible's not true. So it's so important to stand upon the word of God. Um, and once again, so, so here you have C.I. Schofield. You know, he's a lawyer. I'm sure he didn't want to appear ignorant to, you know, the educated. And so he puts that in a study Bible and it lays the foundation for the Scopes trial and the, the removal of it later on. Um, so that was a lie I think Christians greatly underestimated was the lie of evolution. And I think another lie we are greatly underestimating 
hugely underestimating in our day right now is the lie of global warming. We have, we, we have no idea. We're starting to see where that lie is leading, but it's, it's a huge, huge, huge error. Terrible. So the lie is this of global warming. Carbon dioxide it emitted into the atmosphere is causing a hole in the ozone layer. And it's expanding. And so it's causing the earth to warm. And the polar ice caps are going to melt. I, I wish these people could have spent this winter in Greenland with Brother Show record-breaking temperature. It wasn't that many weeks ago. He said it was 51 degrees below zero. A very cold year in Greenland. So, but anyway, the lie of global warming is stating that carbon dioxide is going to deplete the ozone layer. The earth is going to warm up to a point where the polar ice caps are going to melt and the world is going to flood over the continents and man is going to cease to exist. That's the lie. Well, Christians should immediately recognize global warming as false science. Number one, let's go back to Genesis 8:22. Number one, because God promised that the seasons would not end until he destroys the earth. Genesis 8:22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold, and heat, and summer, and winter, and day and night shall what? Not cease. That is the Creator's word on it. It's not going to cease. Um, Notice in Psalm 19, Psalm 19 and verse 8, Psalm 19 and verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are what? Right. So we just read cold and heat, summer and winter, seed time and harvest. They're they're not going to cease. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And on down through here, showing the perfection of God's word. Now, Why would a person ever believe what man says over what God says? Think about how ridiculous that is. Haven't we learned anything from COVID-19? Can you remember the time they were telling us, if you get the COVID vaccination, you will not what? Get COVID. Was that true? No. Millions of people have gotten COVID who were vaccinated. That was not True. I'm noticing Romans 3, Romans 3 and verse 4. Man claims so many things, he has no idea if they're right or wrong. No idea whatsoever. Romans 3, 4. God forbid, but let God be what? True, but every man what? A liar. Can't we see that? I mean, he just... You look, just look at these videos that are coming out about January 6th of two years ago. 
Uh, we were told at first, no, no one can see these videos. They are property of the Capitol Police. Well, over two years later, they're finally coming out. And what have we been told about so many things? A total lie. A total lie. There is a man right now sitting in jail. He was sentenced to four years and something in jail. He's sitting in jail right now. And they painted him as an insurrectionist. And I don't know if you've had any chance to see the videos or not that are out now. Um, but he's walking through. He's wearing a, a hat with horns on it. I mean, he looks, he looks like a wild man. And he's got some type of stick with him. And you know what it shows? He's walking all the way through the halls of the Capitol building with Capitol Police right by his side. It's like giving him a tour. In fact, in one instance, the Capitol Policeman tries to open a door to let him go in there and it's locked, so they just go on. I mean, they're not trying to stop this guy at all. And then he gets in the Speaker's chair in the House. At least he's standing there. Do you know what he's doing? Do you know what he did? He stood there and prayed. He stood there and prayed. And he's sitting in jail for four years and something now. We have been told for over two years these, these were insurrectionists. You know, while, while Black Lives Matter burnt our country down and, and they didn't want to arrest them, suddenly this uh, cap, at the Capitol was an insurrection of, of you know, well, this, is, this is too much. It was lies, just lie after lie after lie. Why do we believe man? Why do we believe man? He lies. So Christians should immediately reject global warming as false science, number one, because God promised that the seasons would not cease until he destroys the earth. Number two, because God promised that the world would never again be destroyed by a worldwide what? Flood. Do you realize this same group that's teaching this false science of global warming is the same group that would deny a worldwide flood of the past where God judged this world for its sin and only left Noah and his family. They flatly deny that as ridiculous. Whereas God said, it happened. And the fossil record shows scientifically that it happened. And so now these people are looking forward, claiming that there's going to be a worldwide flood that destroys all of mankind. And yet God says that is not going to happen. On every front, they are exactly opposite of what God says. Exact opposite. Notice in Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Isaiah 5.20. Exact opposite. I, boy. I would hate to be a lot of these news people standing before God someday. I mean, they've spent their lives telling the exact opposite of the truth, and many of them know it. They've sold out their souls for money, big money, to stand before the American people and lie. Isaiah 520, Woe unto them that call evil, what? 
good and good what? Evil. Evil. You see, there's kind of the exact opposite that put darkness for what? Light and light for what? Darkness that put bitter for what? Sweet and sweet for what? Bitter. Every, everything they say is the exact opposite of what God says. How horrible. So what is this false science doing to our world right now? Global warming. What is that false science doing? Just go down the street to the gas station and you will see. It wasn't only a couple years ago that was much lower. Do you know why? Global warming. The idea that fossil fuels are destroying our ozone layer in the earth eventually. And so what are they doing? Then they cut back and we've stopped pumping our oil like we were. When we were pumping our own oil, gas prices were a lot cheaper. You look at those pump prices. That is the cost of believing a lie. Believing global warming is actually true. And if that foolish lie is left unchecked and allowed to go on, if if the Lord tarries is coming, doesn't look like he's going to tarry it that long. But if he does, what will be the result of global warming? How far will this lie go? Well, let's go to Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38. Now, we've always wondered why armies on horses are going to come against Israel. When at this time, The Lord is defending Israel as birds flying. At this time, there's jets flying over Israel. There's missiles going up, intercepting other missiles. How could we ever get back to horses in battle? Instead of tanks, instead of jets, instead of armored vehicles. Look at Ezekiel 38, 14. Ezekiel 38, 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of what? The north parts. Thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon what? Horses. A great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in what? The latter days. days. How how could we reverse from all this technology to riding upon horses? We've always wondered what would happen. Well, you know what? More and more, this crazy global warming idea is people are getting brainwashed with it. They actually believe it. And so could could we be seeing now the beginning of it, just people that are so deluded, they're believing this ridiculous, false scientific uh, theory 
of global warming. Well, you know what? The further we go on, they don't seem to be letting up. If, if you're noticing all the elites are accepting us more and more and more. Notice in 1 Timothy 4. Remember, that's in the latter days that this huge army from the north is going to come on horses against Israel. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. 1 Timothy 4, 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in what? The latter times. Remember the latter times are going to come on horses? Now this passage is dealing with the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and what? Doctrines of devils. Well, what are these doctrines of devils? Verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. <laughs> I just watched a video of the, the, the I can't think what you call it, the, the majority leader in the Senate. On Monday, some of these first videos come out showing what really happened on January 6th. He stands up and, and, and says, it's all lies, it's all lies. It's all lies? It's pictures. It's unedited pictures. He stands up calling it all lies. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Notice these two things. Forbidding to what? Mary. Mary. And commanding to abstain from what? Meats. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know what? The truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Verse 6 If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be what? A good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of what? faith, and of good doctrine. Contrary to verse 1, the doctrines of devils, this is verse 6, good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. What is good doctrine? That God uh, does not forbid to marry, and that he does not command to abstain from meats, which he has created to be received with thanksgiving and prayer. Now, what does this have to do with global warming? More and more, it's this anti-meat uh, attitude, agenda. Don't think it's a little foolish thing. It is gaining massive power. In Europe, I'll read you some things about Europe here, but even here, Bill Gates is pushing... Uh, fake meat, plant, plant-based meat. He is buying up, I think, I don't know what he owns, like is that 300,000 some thousand acres of farmland in America? Uh, and he's right on this bandwagon going on. So what, what do they have against eating meat? Well, in their grand wisdom, they have decided that 
cows put out too much methane gas. And so they now are, not only are cars, not only fossil fuels, but cows are to blame. Why are the ozone layers being destroyed? So we've got to cut down on cows. Well, that's most of the meat other than maybe chicken, and they're after that too, um, that we eat. So they, they claim that methane gas is next to carbon dioxide in the ozone layer killer. Well, I'll give you some percentages in just a little bit here. But uh, sources of methane gas in are cows, manure, uh, and there you come to the chicken. Have you noticed how many chicken farms have burnt in the last two months? I don't know if you've listened to the news at all. You've probably noticed that eggs are higher. But there have been many chicken farms that have burnt why all of a sudden are chicken farms burning i don't know if i've ever heard of a chicken farm burning until just recently and many have you know what people are getting so brainwashed about this global warming they they are some of them becoming hysterical about we've got to do something and we've got to do something now I just read about a week or two ago in London. There were young people, like college age. They sat down in front of some super busy bridge in London and blocked the rush hour traffic. Why? Against global warming, that's why. All these people going back and forth to work. You're killing the planet. They are getting fanatical about it. They're so brainwashed. Europe, let me read this to you from the BBC. It says, hail, hay bales and flames. I'm losing my voice and they're losing their minds. <clears throat> hay bales and flames. Manure dumped on highways. Blockades at supermarket distribution centers. Demonstrations on politicians' doorsteps. Dutch farmers have been generating global headlines with protests described by their prime minister as willfully endangering others, damaging our infrastructure and threatening people. Dutch government proposals for tackling nitrogen emissions indicate a radical cut in livestock. They estimate, the Dutch estimate, they're going to have to close down 11,200 farms in their country. They're willing to shut down 11,200 farms in their country and another 17,600 farmers will have to significantly reduce their livestock. Why? Because it's those cows that are emitting all this methane gas and they're destroying our planet. You know, if the Lord tarries his coming, 
you can see, remember 1 Timothy 4 said, in the latter times, they're going to forbid to eat meat. You may say, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Well, then, uh, if we are that naive, uh, we're no different than the Christians when evolution was being taught and they didn't stand up. Now, I have a suggestion for those people who believe the lie of global warming. My suggestion is twofold. Number one, I suggest leave the animals alone. God says they're good for man to eat. We saw in 1 Timothy 4.4, For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. That's 1 Timothy 4.4. 4. So number one, leave the animals alone. You know, there have been other instances that seem really fishy. Like government workers coming and testing some, a bunch of chickens or a herd of cows and claiming they're, well, th- these are all diseased. We got to kill them all. What is really going on? Well, we're seeing it right here tonight. So, number one, my suggestion is leave the animals alone. They're good for food because God says it. Number two, if you want to reduce a nation's carbon dioxide output, obey God. And if you want to ban something, ban the production and drinking of alcohol. Ban that. Notice Proverbs 20, verse 1. Proverbs 20, verse 1. This is what God says. God says wine is what? A mocker. Strong drink is what? Raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is what? Not wise. I think a not wise person is probably what? A fool. So I began to do a little research. I thought, okay, this world, they're just going out of their mind. I mean, literally, they're going out of their minds against this, about this global warming. So I did a little research. This comes from scienceabc.com. It says this, beer makes you burp for the same reason that all fizzy beverages do. They contain an excess of gas, specifically carbon dioxide. Beer is carbonated while being brewed. And I learned that not only as, as the, whether it's hops or potatoes or corn, whatever, whatever the mush is they're using to produce their liquor, while it's fermenting, um, those bubbles of fermentation are bubbles of carbon dioxide. But what I learned was, is a lot of these beer makers also, just like with soda pot, they do the same thing with beer. They inject carbon dioxide into it. So with beer, it's not just the natural fermentation. It also has added carbon dioxide to it. That's from scienceabc.com. So before we're so hasty and kill all the cows and run all the farmers out of business, 
Let's see how much methane gas cows produce and how much carbon dioxide a beer drinker uh, lets into the atmosphere. Um, Scientists estimate that one cow produces 220 pounds of methane every year. So can you keep that in your mind? One cow produces 220 pounds of methane every year. That's from petkeen.com. Okay, now here from theguardian.com, here was a man who was hired by alcohol, an alcohol manufacturer. This company hired him to figure out their carbon footprint. Have you ever heard that terminology? All these global warmists are worried about their carbon footprint. They're wondering what their responsibility is for the destruction of the world because of the carbon dioxide they're producing. So for, this is a man who studied it for one of these companies, and this is what he said. He said, according to my calculations, and he must be an expert for them to hire him, according to my calculations, a few bottles of imported lager, and I'll explain to you what lager is in a minute, a few bottles of imported lager per day might add up to as much as a ton of CO2 per year. How many pounds in a ton? 2,000. Um, do you remember how much methane gas the cows produce? A cow produces a year? 220 pounds. But a beer drinker who has three beers a day, this expert says, is going to produce 2,000 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. The cow, 220 pounds of methane. The beer drinker, one ton, 2,000 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. I'll explain to you what lager is now. Lager is the most common type of beer in the world. The bottom fermented techniques used to brew it result in a certain type of beer. Laggers include many of America's famous beers, including Budweiser, Bush, Light, Coors, Miller, and PBR. They're all lager beers. This, that comes from the, the spruceeats.com. So beer, the, the beer drinker produces a ton, 2,000 pounds of carbon dioxide. The cow produces 220 pounds of methane. I say get rid of the beer and save the cows. That's what I say. Um, here's some more information. It says, at Harpoon Brewery, a craft operation making beer in Boston, the brewer goes through as much as 1,000 tons of liquid carbon dioxide each year, or the equivalent of roughly 16 to 20 tons of carbon dioxide a week. If these people really believe that carbon dioxide is destroying the world, is going to kill us all, 
Why are they picking on cars and picking on cows? Why do you never hear them talk about liquor? Just think of it, this one company, just one company that produces craft beer goes through the equivalent of 16 to 20 tons of carbon dioxide every week. Well, what happens to that carbon dioxide? Have you ever opened a pop can? What's the sound you hear? What is that? You're an ozone killer. That's it. You are. You're a murderer. You are an ozone killer. You. That innocent sound is the sound of death. The sound of death. Every time you hear that click, just think how many people are going to die because of you. What happens to all those 16 to 20 tons of carbon dioxide every week, that company, every time someone uncorks a a bottle of wine or opens a beer can or a beer bottle, every time you hear that release of energy, and every time after they drink some of it and burp, that's carbon dioxide. That, that is death. The burp of death is what you are doing. The burp of death. So, where does all that carbon dioxide go from liquor? Up. Up. Destroys the ozone layer. Kill, killing the earth. The EPA lists from our government, lists carbon dioxide as the biggest greenhouse gas killer. They say carbon dioxide, 79% of the greenhouse gases. 79% of the reason we're all going to die is from carbon dioxide. And only 11% of the problem, they say, is methane gas. 79% of the problem is carbon dioxide. Only 11% of the problem is cows and nitrogen. You know, they're they're coming at farmers. They're doing this in Europe, too, about fertilizer. They're making them cut down. Why? It's the methane gas is why. So I, I got an easy solution. Ban the beer, and eat the beef, okay? That's the solution. Ban the beer. Don't do outlaw. Outlaw beer, not beef. But you know what man would do? Notice in Proverbs 14. We're not far away. Proverbs 14. In verse 12, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth what? Right unto a man, but the end thereof are what? The ways of death. death. The man says, if we allow this to go on, we're going to kill ourselves. Carbon dioxide, if we keep driving these cars, we're going to kill ourselves. If we keep allowing cows to live, 
We're going to kill ourselves. We got to quit eating meat. We got to wean ourselves off from meat. Got to wean ourselves off from chicken. Um, Manure is part of the problem of methane gas. Have you ever been in a chicken barn? I mean, uh, there was a man in our church when I was a boy. He had 10,000 chickens, egg layers. And when I got, he had to change them out once a year. And uh, so they'd put three chickens on a, on each arm, and you had to haul them to the truck, back and forth, back and forth, walking through chicken manure. And when I got home, guess what my mom said? Those boots are not coming in this house. <laughs> okay, I don't blame her. Um, so that's why they want to get rid of chickens. You can't put much chicken manure on your garden, or it'll burn it to pieces. You won't have any, you won't have any food. It's powerful stuff. So what would man do? Man, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So man is saying, the cows are killing us. Our cars are killing us. The chickens are killing us. So we've got to get rid of the cars and get rid of the cows, get rid of the chickens, or we're all going to die. So what's going to happen? There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'll tell you what's going to happen. If the Lord tarries his coming... And he does tell us that they are going to command to forbid to marry and to abstain from meats. So what's man going to do? Do you remember back some years ago in India, all the famines they faced? And they wouldn't eat what? Their beef, their cows. Why? Because they believe in reincarnation. That cow might be grandpa or grandma. Um, we, can't eat it. we can't eat our relatives. Uh, so they were not meat eaters. So what's, what's going to happen if God allows us to continue? What you'd see is this. You'd see a man along the, the dusty, dirty road. He's walking to work because you can't have cars anymore. That's destroying um, those ozone layer. So he's walking to work, and he gets tired. So he sits down along the road, but guess something that's not outlawed? Liquor, beer. So he's sitting along the road, and what? Click, and then what? Carbon dioxide. He guzzles, and then what does he do? Belch. Carbon dioxide. So he can't drive to work. It's a wonder he even has a job. So he sits down along the roads. And he drinks his liquor. Man, when man does not believe God, man becomes a flaming fool. And that's what is happening to mankind right now. Just no wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Man does not have it. So sitting along the road, drinking his beer, penniless, no food, no car, Eventually, no home. What's the answer? John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And verse 34. John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say to you, Whosoever committeth sin is what? The servant of sin. Have you ever heard these global warmists talk about outlawing liquor? 
but it's obviously a huge, huge user of carbon dioxide. Well, we have an answer, and we don't have to believe man's lies. John 14, 6. I choose to believe God's truth. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the what? The truth. And what? The life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, man in his rejection of God's word tries to tell us we came to be through evolution. And then what was the first stage, some of the first stage of mankind? He was the caveman, you know, dragging his wife by her hair, walking with a club and long shaggy hair. You know what the Bible talks about? The first man was, was not dumb and without any even language. He named all the animals. Who was, in the scripture, who was the first caveman? Do you remember? Lots. Lot's the first one we read about going living in a cave. And what was Lot like? He was living in vile, perver- a city with vile, perverted sin. And he ended up living in a cave. The first caveman refused to live like God would have him live. I know it vexed his righteous soul, but he lived there in all that perversion and lost most of his family because of it. John 10, verse 10. Man is headed right back in that direction again. This, this global warming lie is so much bigger. This could be the thing that brings man back to riding on horses. Man is so foolish. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not before to what? Steal. That is what... Global warming is doing from the nations of the world. It is stealing. It is stealing from them. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Outlaw beer, not beef. Outlaw beer, not beef. This this lie of global warming is on the same level as the lie of evolution. I know it's, it sounds ridiculous, and it is ridiculous, but it's the doctrine of devils, and Satan's little children are believing is a lie. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ that died on the cross for us, to bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Lord, thank you that through the Lord Jesus Christ we can be forgiven. If we'll repent, if we'll turn from our sin to Jesus Christ, he will forgive us and save us and give us everlasting life. And while we are here, he'll give us wisdom, something we don't see much of in this world. Lord, help us not to be led astray by these doctrines of devils. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.